This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. These numbers fascinate me. I have no idea whether they're going to fascinate you, but they fascinate me, and that's because I live them day to day. Do you know that the cost of one minute a day for 260 days of the year costs 100 agent call center $10,000? If it's 500 agents, it's $45,000. And if you have 5,000 agents, it's $450,000 thousand dollars contact centers are expensive and that's why people freak out whenever you ask them for a minute the cost of a coaching session we're talking a coaching session that's 30 minutes long once a month for a hundred people center costs you twenty three thousand dollars for the year for a 500 person center it costs you a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars And if you've got 5,000 seats in your center, it costs you a million dollars for just one coaching session per rep per month for the year, a million dollars or $115,000 or even $23,000. Contact centers are expensive. You already know what your annual budget is. We spend a lot of money and nothing impacts the cost of a contact center, a minute or minutes or requires more coaching than average handle time. Average handle time is the bane of everyone's existence in a contact center. And if you don't know what that is, that's talk time plus hold plus wrap up all inside the agent's conversation. And the reason it's so important is because all of workforce management resides on those three components plus whatever the hold time is on the front of that transaction. Because that's it. That's the entire transaction. There's the amount of time somebody waits on hold. There's the talk time if they're put on hold. And then there's the wrap-up time afterwards. Obviously, the customer is in the wait time and the talk time. And the rep is in the talk time and the wrap-up time. And, of course, the hold sits inside of the talk time. AHT, as it's so commonly known, is everything. And there seems to be three schools of thought when it comes to what do we do with AHT as a leader. There's the never-AHT crowd, which means that they don't measure their front line on AHT. And the reason they don't do it is because the frontline can't control it. 
They've got no control over somebody gets on the phone and just starts to complain and complain and complain, or if there's bad weather, which then requires people to do different things. So they don't measure those. They say focus on the things that the reps can actually control, like adherence and attendance, or maybe even CSAT. But they don't measure the front line on HT. The second group measures HT. They just kind of come flat out and do it. It's, it's everywhere. A lot of service bureaus measure AT, HT and they measure everyone. They know exactly what their HT is. Everybody's run by HT. They compensate by HT. They do, they, they do bonuses by HT. There's a lot of HT measurement going on. And then there's the third group that says they don't measure HT, but they actually do. So they really don't tell the reps, or maybe it's not involved in compensation, but they're all over it. And I don't want you to think that the never AHT group doesn't work very, very hard at AHT because they know how important it is. And so they spend a lot of time and focus on it. They just don't compensate or hold the frontline reps accountable for it. And AHT, success and failure, it, it's so subtle. There's kind of three components that make up AHT. There's knowledge, which is knowing what to say. There's call control, which is knowing how to say it. And that's a pretty big category because that kind of includes, you know, empathy and acknowledgement and being respectful and thank you for holding and knowing when to be quiet, knowing when to repeat something, knowing how to, how to move somebody from the personal to professional. So call control is the second thing, which is knowing, knowing, knowing how to say it. And the third component is focus or energy, because, because if I know what to say and I know how to say it, I still gotta have the energy and the focus and the attention to do it. Best example I can give you is that when I go out to eat with my wife uh, and we, we go to a restaurant that happens to have TVs, I have to always sit facing away from the TVs because when she's talking to me, she can figure out pretty quickly that no matter what's on, whether it's, you know, whether it's a football game or badminton, I can't stop looking at the TV, so I'm constantly glancing at it. So she knows that I'm not fully focused. I'm not paying attention. Welcome to Podcast 84. And today we're going to talk about four key reasons why you may have high HT or four areas that contribute the most to having high HT. And I think if I had to describe it for you, I would tell you that we're, we're going we're gonna to have a pip today. We're going to talk about a performance improvement plan. I love PIPs. Now, if you're one of those people that has an immediate negative connotation of, of PIPs, maybe your organization uses PIPs more like a speeding ticket. And, and I'm not talking about a, a PIP that uses a speeding ticket. I just like the three words because I think they really do describe what's supposed to happen. And that's a performance improvement. And then most important is the second P, which is a plan. You know, PIPs get a bad reputation sometimes, but I, I think also a little bit of it's earned. If, if you really think about it, in most instances, a, a PIP gets an employee back to being the bare minimum worst employee that you have. Because a PIP usually gets you in, in my rose, daisy, and weed concept, it, it gets you to be a functioning weed. And, and that's the sad part about it is, is that it just gets you back to being not fired Versus a program and a plan that takes you from maybe being a weed to a daisy and then onto a rose. And every single employee we have 
should be on a PIP, a, a true performance improvement plan all the time. Whether you're a daisy or whether you're a weed, you ought to be on a performance improvement plan constantly because we're constantly looking to get better and nowhere is that more clear than in the area of average handle time. If our roses can lead the way and get better and, and, and get us, get us a, a new concept or a new way or a streamlined way to do something or technology can make a change or we can do something that can get us a better return, a more efficient conversation, then that rolls down to the daisies and the weeds pretty easily. And that really is a performance improvement plan. So, so let's take a look at the four key reasons for high HT and let's look at an, a performance improvement plan or a PIP for each one of them. First up is new hire ramp up. And we see this everywhere that too many new hires taking too much time to get up to speed or taking what has become an accepted time for getting up to speed. You know the curve because you've had the conversation at least once a week, once a month, when you're sitting down and you're looking at the numbers and all of a sudden you see a, a jump in HT or quite frankly in any of the other categories and you go, yep, that's the new hire class. Yep, right, right there's the new hire class. And then you also know the curve or the time that it takes for that new hire class to integrate into your organization and then to see your curve jump down. I want to talk to you about ways to change that curve, to change your expectations, to find a new way and a better way to affect your AHT by your new hire program. So let, let's talk about your new hire program and, and, and how often do you change it? How often do you manipulate it? How often do you, do you effectively take a chance to do something a little bit different, different that might change that curve and might get you better expectations. Have you considered having self-paced new hires? Which means that the people that are fast, you let them go faster and get them to the floor quicker. When I look at my new hires as a bundle, I, I, I immediately have an EHT that's too high because there are some people that are performing really well. Well, don't hold them back. This isn't public education. Let them move through. Let them get forward. Let them move ahead. Do you have a fast-paced program? Have you ever changed up the amount of time that they're either in training or in nesting? Have you considered taking them from a nest to a, to a group, uh, a new hire on the floor group where they're not just working directly on the floor, but they, but, but they get another section where they get more time? Have you considered paying overtime or doing extra coaching or offer extra training for people that are, that are motivated to do the work but may not necessarily be moving as quickly as you want. Maybe extra hours with them, maybe extra effort, maybe even bonus time with them works. Is your LMS and your new hire training up to speed? Do, do, your, do your courses related to call control, are they, are they new, are they exciting, are they vibrant, or do they look like they came out of the 50s? The same way with your core content. Is this content that, that energizes people? Is the content in small enough pieces that it's digestible? What about quizzing? How often are you quizzing? Not just testing, but quizzing. What about encouragement? You know, in our platform, we, we, we integrate gaming and employee engagement from the very, very start. So it's, it's a continual process. Does new hire training fall its way out onto the floor? They get to the floor and all of a sudden they get trained like everyone else. 
Do you treat your people that have been around for three years with new hire training, which keeps them up to date? Is training something that works throughout your entire organization? And have you taken your new hire training and truly individualized it? Do you actually know per employee where their issues are? Quite often we find out that the conversation is the same length. The talk time for a particular area is always the same. But of course they have to put them on hold because they don't know the answer or they don't know how to do the post-call work or perhaps you're one of these organizations that the post-call work, while measured as post-call, really can't, can't be done in post-call. It needs to be done inside of the call so they need to be updating their files and doing some of their post-call work at the same time that they're taking their call. Very complicated, very difficult, but something that in many instances needs to be done. How often are you reinforcing, catching them doing something right early and often? Have we taken enough time and enough effort to put into your new hire training culture, not just a couple of, couple of PowerPoint slides that talks about your culture, but truly walking the walk and talking the talk inside of your new hire training so they become a, a part of it? Have you started legacy goals so they are beginning to achieve and set standards and work their way up and, and make new levels and new achievements? Have you spent enough time in new hire training focused on managing stress? What to do on breaks, how to be healthy, not just drink uh, energy drinks or eat donuts to get a whole bunch of sugar, but, but, but healthy food and healthy exercise and encouragement to sleep. Have you talked to them about and do you understand what actually gives them energy and how do they, how do they gain energy? Are they someone that needs to be set aside by themselves or are they somebody that can gain injury or energy around other people? And are we making peer-to-peer connections both in their training but outside their training with the foresight to connect them with mentors and, and connect them up? If you're doing some of those things or all of those things, I would ask you whether it's in a plan and when was the last time that you changed it? Because if you want to change AHT, one way is to do it by new hire ramp. Next up is changes in the service delivery. It's the second area which drives high AHT, which means any new changes that are occurring, whether it's billings or offerings or, or just, just any sort of systematic change that occurs. And that leads to what's the speed of your change management? How fast, how well, how deep? Because change management is not something that I need to only deal with with on a on a on a uh, every once in a while basis, it's something that occurs on a regular basis. We need to be very good at change management. And if you're really good at change management, how good are you reminding somebody of a change that you made last month, or once we do it for a couple of days, or maybe even a week, we forget about it? Because in order to really do change, we not only have to do the change, but when we have to constantly have reminders and and reinforcement and renewal of skills and changes and uh, course correction that we need to make. Last month's change needs reminders and needs quizzes and needs to be sharpened. Are your rollouts for change management, are they creative? Do you have better art? Do you use GIFs? Is it shortened? Is it, is it more than one? Have you broken it down maybe into two parts because it's just too big for a change? And then are we, are we consistently following up with everyday change, not one day, but maybe five days? And have we given them easy access to the number of changes that you've made? Have you changed 
your change management or is it something that you've been doing for a long time and you haven't thought about changing the process? We're big on new coaching, on quizzing, on verification, on reminder coaching tips and constant reinforcement. We're big out on shout outs, which is reminding somebody that they've done something well. We believe that changes should use supervisor games and new leaderboards. We believe change ought to be measured. The speed of change ought to be measured. And the only way to measure it is to make the change, educate them, quiz them, and see it in your day-to-day organization. We, need, we want to see it in customer comments. We want to see it in customer scores. We want to see it in changes to AHT. We want to see it in one-on-ones. We want to see this change, something that's systematic and a part of your everyday organization. Are, do you have as a core competency your change management? Next up is just basic core lack of knowledge. It's lack of knowledge could be in skills or information. It could be on call control. Obviously, it creates more holds. It creates more conflict. It's just basic lack of knowledge. How is your knowledge base? What part does lack of knowledge play at any level in your HT? What about QM? I know QM is looking for lack of knowledge, but how seamlessly do we take the QM data and get it back into the hands of the front line? Now, maybe you follow up with a coaching session. Is that what you've been doing? You tell them what they've done wrong, a little bit like a speeding ticket? Or do we actually, after we tell them what they've done wrong, we engage them in some sort of additional component that works? Maybe we do special training. Maybe we do some sort of burst coaching for them, but in digestible pieces. Maybe we put them on a self-growth achievement program where they've got the opportunity to learn either on their own or within the the program that you have? Are they involved in legacy knowledge where where their their knowledge is measured, their knowledge competes? Uh, They they compete with one-on-one against each other. Knowledge is an area that if you're not careful, you can get really sloppy at. And most organizations are sloppy because they just don't really have any sort of embrace of knowledge once you're out on the floor because we just don't have time. We, We have time to coach them, We have time to sit down and talk them through a couple of things and maybe not coach them at all or tell them what they've done wrong in QM, but we don't have time to consistently upgrade them and give them more knowledge. If you're not giving your roses more knowledge, then you're never going to change your AHT. We change our AHT because we give our roses more knowledge that then allows them to come up with a way to make a change that then can be infiltrated down throughout the organization. And finally, the fourth reason for high HT is just high Q times. And that's usually because of poor attendance or adherence. You're understaffed, which creates more complaining. Is your turnover so high that it feeds others? That it it feeds high HT because you've created an environment where it just kind of feeds upon itself. I don't have enough people. They get aggravated. They have to talk more. Customers complain more. And it just is a churning thing that never stops. How are we doing with holding on to people? How is your employee engagement? What about agent pulse checks? If you're doing agent pulse checks once or twice a year, that's not enough. We need to be checking the pulse of the agents on a regular basis. If not once a month, no less than twice a month. We believe that there are a consistent set of questions that we need to be asking to make sure that we can check the pulse. Are you checking the pulse of your new hires? 
Are you checking the pulse of the people that are nesting? Are you checking the pulse of the people that get out on your floor and are there for the first three to four months? And are you checking the pulse of people that have been around for a really long time? Are you checking the pulse of your very best employees? You wanna avoid uh, high attrition, especially with the people that matter? Make sure you know the pulse of them. Are these employees engaged? Are they engaged? Are they participating in your gamification? Are they participating in your quizzes? Are they participating in raising their hands in huddles? Do they have a question when you sit down and coach them? Do they really know their numbers and have you sat down and engaged them? Do they have a friend in the organization? Those are the kind of things that make a difference. We gamify not for fun. We gamify because it allows people to stay engaged and it allows them to be more successful. If you want to hold on to your employees, have more success in your organization. Have your employees have more success. And success can be going from average to a little bit above average. Success can be going from below average to maybe a little bit higher and below average, but it's success. And do you have the ability to measure the success of a below average employee that's about to just approach average? Do you have a way to successfully engage and encourage somebody that just came off a PIP that's a really poor performing agent but now has the opportunity to work their way up? If you're expecting them to be a rose, they're not going to get there. People show up because they're successful. People have a tendency to repeat things that they do well. Having an organization that has a lot of success at multiple different levels at multiple different measurements of success. Yes, that's weed success, daisy success, and rose success. That makes a difference, and that will reduce your turnover, will, will give you better adherence, will get you better attendance, which will, which will make sure you've got the right people in the seats, which will reduce your HT. So those are the four areas that I believe are the highest for HT. New hire ramp up, changes in service and delivery, basic knowledge, and high queue times. Maybe you've got some other areas that are affecting your AHT, and obviously there's weather, sickness, how about a pandemic to change the way things are going. Maybe your AHT's gotten higher because you've sent some folks home. Maybe, you've, maybe your AHT's gotten higher because you've got really complicated post-call actions or there's some sort of multitasking functions that's going on that's that's you're restricted by your technology that's creating and i know that there are other reasons but i think these are the four do you have a performance improvement plan for ht don't tell me that you don't have the time because i know what the cost of your minutes are you have the time and an investment in any one of those four areas can drastically, dramatically change your fortunes. Because whether you're someone that, that is a, doesn't measure AHT at the agent level or measures it at the AHT level or maybe does but doesn't talk about it, average handle time can make or break your organization. You should act, you should act fast on these four areas. And that's what leadership does, is leadership acts. I've told you multiple times that you can be a great leader. It just requires a, hard, a lot of hard work and a lot of focus. This is an area where you can focus on, become an expert in, become the go-to person in your organization for improving AHT. Wouldn't it be great to be able to say that I was someone that contributed to changing AHT in your organization? You want to raise? Do you want a promotion? The fastest way to get a raise or a promotion is to make a significant impact in your organization on average handle time. 
Go get it done when you do. Let me know. Or if you've already done it, let me know as well. I'd love to hear success stories on that. You can reach me at mtamer at proponacy.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, and I've got a contact center coach page on LinkedIn that you can reach out as well. If there's another area that I haven't covered that you've always wanted me to cover, or there's something that your frontline or your supervisors need to know, and you'd like me to tell it to them, let me know what it is. I'd be happy to try to see whether I can serve you. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.